Manis and yogis cannot conquer the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Only pure devotees can conquer Him. Pure devotees are described as Samamati, which means that they never de deviate from devotional service under any circumstances. It is not that devotees worship the Supreme Lord only when happy. They worship Him even when in distress. Happiness and distress do not hamper the process of devotional service. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam says, that devotional service is ahituki apratiyata, unmotivated and uninterrupted. When a devotee offers devotional service to the Lord without any motive, anya abhilashita sunyam, his service cannot be hampered by any material condition, apratihata. Thus, a devotee who offers service, offers service in all conditions of life can conquer the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A special distinction between devotees and the other transcendentalists, namely the gnanis and yogis, is that gnanis and yogis artificially try to become one with the supreme, whereas the devotees never aspire for such an impossible accomplishment. Devotees know that their, their position is to be eternally servants of the supreme lord and never to be one with him. Therefore, they are called samamati or jitatma. They detest one they detest oneness with the Supreme. They have no lusty desires for oneness. Instead, the desire is to be freed from all material hankering. Therefore, they are called nishkam, desireless. A living entity cannot exist without desires, but desires that can never be fulfilled are called kama, lusty desires. Kama is taister, rita gnana. Because of lusty desires, non-devotees are deprived of their intelligence. Thus, they are unable to conquer the Supreme Lord, whereas devotees being freed from such unreasonable desires can conquer the Lord. Such devotees are also conquered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead because they are pure, being free from all material desires, they fully surrender to the Supreme Lord, and therefore the Lord conquers them. Such devotees never aspire for liberation. They simply desire to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. Because they serve the Lord without desires for remuneration, they can conquer the mercy of the Lord. The Lord is by nature very merciful, and when he sees that his servant is working without desires for material profit, naturally he is conquered. Devotees are always engaged in service. Savai manasha manha krishna padar vindayor vacham sivai kunta gunanu varanane. All the activities of their senses are engaged in the service of the Lord. Because of such devotion, the Lord gives himself to his devotees as if they could use him for any purpose they might desire. Of course, devotees have no purpose other than to serve. When a devotee fully surrenders and has no aspiration for material profit, the Lord certainly gives him all opportunities for service. This is the position of the Lord when conquered by his devotees. Om Agnanati Mirandashya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tashmahe Shri Guru Enama Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutha Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sagraj 
श्रीरूपम सागरजातम सहगणारगुणातम वितम तम सजीवम साधवैतम सावदूतम परिजन सहितम कृष्णा चैतन्य देवम श्री राधा कृष्णा पदान सहगणलिता श्री विशाखान्वितम हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधु दीनबंधु जगतपते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी ऋषभानु सुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाचकलपतरोश कृपा सिंधुब पतितान पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्ण सो वी आर हियरिंग अ ब्यूटिफुल पास्ट टाइम मैन महाराज चित्रकेतु मीट्स द लॉर्ड सो हियर वी सी महाराज चित्रकेतु हैज ऑलरेडी हैड अ दर्शन ऑफ द लॉर्ड ही इज ऑफरिंग द प्रेयर्स दिस इज द बिगनिंग ऑफ हिज प्रेयर्स and in the opening prayer uh, in the opening prayers itself maharaj chitraketu is speaking about two paradoxes here uh, the first paradox is unconquerable lord o unconquerable lord although you cannot be conquered by anyone he ca- the lord cannot be conquered by anyone but he still conquered by the devotees who have control of the mind and senses so this is the first paradox we hear that lord is not conquered by anyone but still he is conquered by his devotees <clears throat> and the second uh, paradox is that the lord controls everyone everyone is under so lord is the controller of everyone but the devotees keep you under their control so even the lord is the controller is controlled by the devotees and shila prabhupad expands upon this two paradox and explains how uh, the unconquerable lord who cannot be conquered is conquered by his devotees and the second he mentions how lord himself allows his devotees to be controlled mm-hmm. even though he controls everything so uh, uh, we know from nectar of instruction shila rupa goswami as we uh, saying in the prayers shri chetane manobishtam stapitam yena bhutale swayam rupa kadamam dadati swa padantikam so rupa goswami who could understand the manobishtam who could understand the mind of chetane mahaprabhu wrote nectar of instruction after hearing so once chetane mahaprabhu was sitting on the banks of ganges after his uh, bath he came out and he was speaking uh the verses and rupa goswami wrote down and that book is known as nectar of instructions which is uh, bhakti upadesham uh, upadesh amrita so uh, these are the instructions which are coming from the mouth of chetanya mahaprabhu and written by rupa goswami where he says vacho vegam manas krodha vegam jiva vegam udaro pasat vegam etan vegam yo visheta dira sarvam api mam prithvim sa shishyat so uh here there is an interesting in the translation it is mentioned you cannot be conquered by anyone hmm? 
but certainly you are conquered by devotees who are who have control of mind and senses so what is required to conquer the lord control of mind and senses but again we know even the yogis can control the mind and senses uh, krishna mentions in bhagavad gita right in sixth chapter he mentions the yogis can control the mind and senses as he gives the process of ashtanga yoga so can the yogis also control the lord or conquer the lord or the gnanis who have controlled their mind and senses can they conquer the lord and shila prabhupad gives a beautiful uh, purport uh, where he says no the gnanis and yogis cannot do that why because one has to be a devotee as well only then lord himself allows the devotee to be under their control so the two things requires uh, one needs to have uh, control of the mind and senses at the same time you have to be devotee so uh, further uh, it is mentioned in the verse they can keep you under their control because you are causelessly merciful to devotees who desire no material profit from you so in the verse uh, maharaj chitraketu is mentioning when that stage comes and shila prabhupada is giving a verse anya abhilashita sunyam gnana karmadi anavritam anukulyana krishnanu silanam bhaktir uttama so when that uttama bhakti arises in a devotee where he does not desire for any material profit and the material profit can be in different ways one may not need money wealth or health or something but one may need adoration one may need siddhis so those can be also material because they are all material they finish with your life so when there is no desire for material profit only then the lord shows causeless mercy to the devotee and allows the devotee to control him so uh, we see these days uh, again to understand how can we control hmm, something which is under our control hmm. so we see uh, we have got remote control cars or we have got cars robots which we can control but can those things control us how do we understand that how can a robot control us how can a car control us but we see it is possible it is possible these days the things which are made by humans are controlling the humans and the example is given uh, i was just going through uh, looking at how can a robot control a man or something like that and i found there was a man who married a robot in china which he had created so now we can understand the people and there was another person who married a head of the monikin so we see people are marrying artificial things which they have created so the so what is it that puts one under the control of other thing even though it is a non living thing it's a attachment and shila prabhupad makes a beautiful point here when we are attached to something we come under the control of that thing even though it is a non living entity even though it is a, it might be a car so uh, and we gave an example uh, last time that uh, 
somebody has got a car which he is very much attached to and then there is a scratch on the car and he feels the pain even though there is nothing uh, he hasn't been damaged or he hasn't been in the accident but still if there is a scratch on the car he feels the pain for the car because he's so much attached to the car so things can control human emotions or humans because of that attachment and shri prabhupad makes a point last but here we see the lord is saying and prabhupad puts in uh, begins the purport the lord and devotees both conquer and we know when somebody conquers a king conquers another king or a country or a person that other person is under the control of that king who has conquered we know napoleon and uh, uh, alexander the great they conquered so many countries so all those countries were under their control so how can the other both can be the conqueror it's not possible but here uh, lord himself is saying aham bhakta paradhino hi aswatantra ivadvija so this comes from the past time when durvasa muni uh Uh, cursed or uh, 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 got angry on amrish maharaj and then he created this demon to kill amrish maharaj for a very small of it was not even an offense it was just that amrish maharaj was fasting and he took some water to break the fast when durvasa muni had gone for bathing and durvasa muni came to know that he has already taken water without even feeding me or without uh, welcoming the guests so then he got angry and cursed or created demon to kill amrish maharaj and immediately because amrish maharaj is a pure devotee of the lord sudarshan chakra manifested and killed the demon and that sudarshan chakra was chasing after durvasa muni and durvasa muni is running the heat of the sudarshan chakra is trying to kill durvasa muni and durvasa muni is who is a powerful yogi is running throughout the universe he goes to different different people brahma shiva and lord vishnu himself he comes and says please control your please take away your sudarshan chakra it is killing me and lord vishnu says it is not under my control aham bhakta paradino i am controlled by my devotees i cannot control this if you want this to go away you have to beg forgiveness to my pure devotee amrish maharaj because aham bhakta paradino hi aswatantra ivadvija i am not independent i am what to speak of my devotee those who are devotee of my devotee they are also dear to me so uh, the lord uh, agrees to be under the control of his devotee so this is the nature of bhakti bhakti is superior and in third canto kapila muni explains sankhya yoga and he begins explaining sankhya yoga by speaking uh, by speaking about the different kinds of bhakti and he says bhakti is superior to even mukti hmm? mukti and he uh, and shila prabhupad uh, gives an example of uh, bilvamangal thakur hmm? who prays uh, who offers prayers saying that uh, mukti stands with folded hands in front of a person who has got bhakti hmm? and asks for what can i do how can i help you so bilvamangal thakur uh, says that mukti is standing in front of me offering obeisances and asking me well, how can i serve you so this is the nature of 
Bhakti. Bhakti has got six characteristics as we know from uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? So the f- first characteristics of Bhakti is Kleshagni. Hmm? It destroys the, it removes the distress from the life of a devotee. Hmm? And then Subodha, auspiciousness manifests in the life of a devotee. And these two things happen right in the beginning of the process, as soon as one starts the process of bhakti and, and uh, nectar of instruction, it is mentioned as soon as one starts to chant, and Srila Prabhupada gives, uh, mentions in the purport, that as soon as one chants the Mahamantra even once, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, the Lord in fact uh, uh, becomes takes charge of that devotee. Hmm? So as soon as the devotee begins, maybe somebody can close the door, I can hear my own voice coming from the door. So, as soon as a devotee starts to chant the holy names, he, he begins the process of bhakti. He is a devotee. He should be considered a devotee. Mm-hmm. Nectar of instruction mentions that uh, such, such a person is, should be considered a devotee. And one who is initiated is a Madhya Madhikari. And then one who is a sannyasi or a Uttama Bhakta mm-hmm. is uh, one who... Uh, is completely surrendered, should be considered Uttama Bhakta. So there are different, different characteristics. So Kleshagni and Subhada manifest in a devotee right at the beginning. And then the nature of Bhakti is one, when one advances, it is Sudurlava. It is very rare. It does not, it is not easily attainable. And when such a Bhakti arises, what happens? Moksha Lagukrit. One does not even desire for liberation. We know from the example of uh, Hanumanji. Hmm? So when Lord Ram was giving liberation to everyone, Hanumanji said, if liberation means that I lose my identity, then I don't want that such a kind of mukti. I rather stay in the material world because it allows me, gives me a chance to worship you. It gives me a chance to serve you. Hmm? So uh, this is the consciousness of a devotee does not like impersonal liberation. So there are five kinds of muktis. Sayujya, Sarupya, Sasti, Samipya and Salokya. So devotee does not desire for any kind of liberation which does not allow him to serve the Lord. So Moksha and then Bhakti, the nature of Bhakti, the last two characteristics are Sandrananda, Visheshatma. It gives unlimited bliss. It doesn't matter whether the devotee is in the material world or the spiritual world. As soon as the process of bhakti, one advances in bhakti, he immediately experiences unlimited bliss. He does not even desire for liberation or going to spiritual world. And that bhakti is so powerful that it attracts even Krishna, Sri Krishna, Akarshani. So even 
Krishna is attracted to such a devotee and Srila Prabhupada gives the example of the highest perfection of this mutual conquering is exhibited by Krishna and the gopis. Soon we will uh, have uh, Kartik month uh, starting, uh, so in that we sing Damodarashtakam every evening, which is a song of how Krishna becomes conquered by the love of Mother Yashoda. Initially, Krishna does not want to be captured or bound. So, uh, he is running and Mother Yashoda is trying to catch Krishna. And then finally, when Krishna sees that Mother Yashoda is exhausted, she is trying persistently and exhausted, and Krishna automatically becomes conquered by the love of Mother Yashoda and becomes captured. And even then, when Mother Yashoda catches Krishna, she couldn't bind Krishna. All the ropes she had were two fingers short. And those two fingers represent Parishram and Kripa. So Parishram means endeavor. And Kripa means mercy. So without those two things, one cannot bind Krishna. And finally, eventually, Krishna was bound by the ropes of love of Mother Yashoda. So we see Yashoda is able to bind, conquer Krishna, control Krishna just by the process of endeavor and then the mercy flows. So we see here in the verse also, uh, it is mentioned, you are causelessly merciful to devotees who desire no material profit from you. So this is the Supreme Lord who in fact not only becomes bound by the or controlled by the devotee, but in fact it is mentioned uh, he is crying in front of Mother Yashoda. So, helplessly crying, in such a way that nobody can untie him. Even Lord Balram, when he arrived, he was not able to untie Krishna because the vatsale mood by which he tied, uh, she, uh, Mother Yashoda tied Krishna, nobody could untie unless uh, Nanda Maharaj came and then he was able to untie because the vatsale mood of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda are on the same level. So only Nanda Maharaj could untie Krishna. So nobody else could untie. So this is Lord who becomes controlled by the devotee. And Srila Prabhupada also makes another point. The gopis conquer Krishna and Krishna conquered the gopis. Thus, whenever Krishna played his flute, he conquered the minds of the gopis. So this is another instance where uh, in the uh, 10th canto, 21st chapter, it is the song of the flute, Venu Gita. The gopis are uh, hearing the flute of Krishna. So when Krishna, Balram and the gopas go into the forest, Krishna begins to play his flute. At that point, the gopis hear the flute and they completely become mesmerized. And they are saying, we envy this flute, that that the flute is able to stay along with Krishna and so close to Krishna that we always desire for. And when uh, Krishna plays his flute, in that chapter it is mentioned, all the immovable things become movable, and the movable things become immovable. It is mentioned the river which is flowing stops its flow and catches hold of the feet of Krishna. The birds who are flying in the air, they stop flapping their wings and fall down because they are not able to hear. As soon as they hear the uh, uh, the sweet sound of the flute, they stop flapping. The cows who are uh, eating grass, they've got grass in them, they become stunned, their ears stand on end and they become stunned. 
the calves who are drinking the milk, the milk is still in the mouth of the calf and they become completely stunned. The butterflies and all the insects, they become completely mesmerized. They stop their activity. So this is the condition when Krishna is playing his flute. So Srila Prabhupada is making this point. Whenever Krishna plays, played his flute, he conquered the minds of the gopis and not only gopis, entire uh, Vrindavan was completely stunned. So in that chapter it is mentioned, uh, everyone that is movable becomes immovable and that everything that is immovable becomes movable. They want to see Krishna, hear Krishna. And Srila Prabhupada further makes the point that other transcendentalists such as Gnanis and Yogis cannot conquer the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Only pure devotees can conquer Him. And so it is not possible for Gnanis and Yogis to meditate for years, but they are not able to conquer Krishna. Uh, what is the verse from uh, Brahma Samhita? Vedeshu Durlabham Adurlabham Atma Bhaktav Govinda Madhipurusham Tamham Bhajami. And so by studying the Vedas, one cannot uh, conquer Krishna or one cannot even understand Krishna. But it is Adulabham Atma Bhakta. But for a devotee, it is easy to uh, understand Krishna. And there is another pastime in uh, Bhagavatam. Uh, when Krishna was hungry once, Krishna and the cowherd boyfriends are going in the forest. And Krishna, all the cowherd boyfriends are hungry and Krishna is hungry. So when the Sakhas understand that Krishna, we are hungry because uh, Krishna would be hungry as well. So they tell Krishna that, please arrange for some prasadam. Today we have not brought, usually every day, uh, Acharas makes the point, uh, every day all the Sakhas and Krishna bring prasadam from home. But this day, uh, for some reason, everybody, and after this pastime, there is a pastime of, anybody remembers? Indra Yagna. Indra, the uh, sacrifice for Indra. So everybody was busy in that, so that day, the uh, Krishna and the Sakhas couldn't bring prasadam. And then the Sakhas are a uh, bit hungry and they're telling Krishna, Krishna, we are hungry, arrange for some prasadam. So Krishna, now this, is, this pastime is uh, taking place uh, in the village called Bhadral, which is on the Parikramama, if anybody has gone to Vrindavan, and the back of Yamuna, when you come back from Vrindavan Parikrama, uh, after Yamuna just uh, finishes, it's still on the path of Yamuna, but at the back of Vrindavan, there is a village called Bhadral, so which is a junction between uh, Vrindavan and Mathura. And so this is a village which is on the junction between Vrindavan and Mathura. So that, that, uh, in that forest, uh, Krishna is telling the boys, there is this village here and there are all these uh, Brahmanas who are performing a yagna. So why don't you go and ask them for prasadam? They will give you, they have got a lot of bhoga to be offered, they will give you the bhoga. So uh, the boys went and uh, saw that the brahmanas were doing offerings and yagna and they're all properly dressed up, uh, brahmanas, uh, they're chanting all the mantras from the Vedas. So they, the boys just went that Krishna and Balram have come on the outskirt of the village and they are hungry. So please, can you give us some food? And actually Krishna told, mention Balram's name first, not mine. So uh, uh, the boys went and said, Balram and Krishna are 
hungry, so please, uh, you've got so much of offering for the Lord, why don't you give, it, give some for us boys and Balram and Krishna? So, uh, the Brahmanas, when they heard this, imagine when the offering is going on and some kid comes and says, can I have some pakodas from the altar? <laughs> the pujari will be a bit annoyed, right? <laughs> so, of course, here the, uh, we have devotees, so that's a different situation. But there, the Brahmanas were puffed up. They were... Uh, puffed up of their gnana, their knowledge, and they said, what are these boys who are not even properly dressed doing in this sacrifice? Hmm? So they didn't even pay attention to what the boys were saying. And then the boys who are, uh, it is mentioned uh, in Bhagavatam as well as uh, by the Acharyas, that these boys were not ordinary boys. They are the sakhas of the Lord. Hmm? And when you are sakhas of the Lord, even though you have never been to school, you know all the Vedas. Hmm? So they are giving different, different references from the Vedas. If somebody who is hungry comes to your door, you should, your duty is first to, as a grasta, is to first offer something to the person who is hungry. So they are giving different, and we are just boys. So you should at least look after us. So they are giving different, different uh, uh, references from the Vedas, why the Brahmanas should feed. And these Brahmanas are thinking, these boys are wasting our time. Hmm? And they just ignored the boys. And then the boys come back to Krishna and Balram and tell Krishna and Balram, no luck. Hmm? These Brahmanas did not even hear our plea. Hmm? They did not even notice that we were there. So then Krishna said, okay, don't worry. We'll give another chance. You go to their wives. Hmm? The wives will give you the bhoga. And this time tell Krishna and Balram have come. Don't tell Balram and Krishna. Tell Krishna and Balram, give my name. So, these boys were first thinking, why is Krishna, if the husbands are not given, in the Vedic time, the wife would never go against the husband. So, why would their wives give us? We will have the same treatment. So, they were not, they were reluctant to go. But Krishna said, no, you just go, don't worry. Uh, they are my devotees and they will give you. So, as soon as the boys went uh, and told the wives of the Brahmanas that Krishna has come on the outskirt and he is hungry, Hmm? The wives, as soon as they heard the name Krishna, they immediately stood, took all the bhoga which was meant for the sacrifice and ran to, uh, towards where the Krishna was. Hmm? And it is, the Acharyas point out that there was two things which allowed these wives not to have a second thought. Hmm? The first thing was they had heard about Krishna from the people who were traveling. In the Vedic times, there used to be a community of vegetable sellers and the people who keep on traveling from village to village. And these wives of the Brahmanas had never heard about, uh, never seen Krishna, but they had only heard about the glories of Krishna, how Krishna wonderfully killed so many Asuras, how Krishna plays, how Krishna steals the butter. So they had heard. And that hearing process invoked the devotion within the heart of the Patnis or Brahma Patni, Brahmana Patnis, the wives of the Brahmanas. So that was the first they heard regularly about Krishna's activities. And the second thing which invoked uh, spontaneous devotion is they were constantly meditating on Krishna and his pastime. So just hearing is not enough. Regular hearing, of course, Nityam Bhagavad Seva is good, but then we meditate on 
Krishna's pastimes. And so these two things invoke spontaneous devotion. So as soon as they heard from the boys that Krishna is standing and he is hungry, they did not have any other thought. They just picked up everything and they rushed towards Krishna. And even though they were stopped by their husband, it was like when the husbands ignored the boys, the same uh, reaction was of the wives. They ignored the husbands as if they never existed. Hmm? And they ran towards Krishna, offered everything to Krishna, and then they said, now we cannot go back to our husband. Because in the Vedic times, when a wife leaves the house hmm, without the permission of a husband or against the husband's permission, then she's not allowed to come back. So she said, now we have completely given up our all duties. We have surrendered to you. Hmm? But Krishna said, no, don't worry. You go back because it is a duty of a grahastha to look after the family. So you go back to your homes. Hmm? And this is a pastime Krishna showed uh, to glorify the devotion over the Vedas. Hmm? So uh, just by performing all the sacrifice, austerity, studying the Vedas, one can become proud. The devotion cannot invoke in the heart of such a person. But on the other hand, the Brahm Brahman Patnis, they had no knowledge, but they had devotion, spontaneous devotion, just out of uh, unmotivated, apratihata yeyatma suprasiddhati, ahituki apratihata. So without any motivation, they had heard, meditated, and they were constantly uninterrupted meditation. That brought in devotion in the heart of the Brahm Brahman Patnis. So, uh, <clears throat> and there are other examples also in uh, Sastra where we see Vishwamitra who was a great yogi but he fell down twice he couldn't be successful because he had envy in his heart but finally of course when he gave up that envy he was able to witness but unless a person is uh, trying to conquer or control the Lord with his own endeavor, it is not going to be possible. Whereas on the other hand, we know the example of Haridas Thakur, who was easily able to conquer the clutches of Maya. He, was, he, was, he did not fell prey to the Maya Devi. So uh, the power of Bhakti is so strong that one can, it is more powerful than Mukti. So one can become, uh, as Srila Prabhupada is mentioning here, Pure devotees are described as samamati, which means that they never deviate from the path of devotional service under any circumstances. So this is the power of bhakti, that one does not deviate. If one is uh, serving the Lord, if one is engaged in devotional service, and Prabhupada makes a point, one has to uh, continue serving the Lord 24 hours a day. How can we serve the Lord 24 hours a day? We need to sleep, we need to eat, we need to do other things as well. But it is by meditation. So whatever time we have, the main point is we should always be engaged. So as long as we are always engaged and don't give room for uh, Maya Devi to uh, put in some kind of... As soon as we think, oh, I've got two hours free and I don't know what to do in this. Immediately Maya Devi creeps in and we will have thought, how, how about watching just one movie? Hmm? Hmm? Because I've got two hours. Hmm? Or how about 
doing something, hmm, some sense gratification. So when a person is busy enough in his devotional life and he can meditate, he can think about Krishna, if that is one should fill his life completely with devotional service. There are so many things in Srila Prabhupada Savai Manasa Mana Krishna Padar Vacham Si Vaikuntha Gunanu Varnane. Srila Prabhupada is giving the example of Amrish Maharaj again. He is saying, What did Amrish Maharaj did? He engaged his mind in meditating upon the lotus feet of Krishna. His words in describing the glories of the Lord. His hand in cleansing the Lord's temple. His ears in hearing the words spoken by Krishna or Krishna's devotees about Krishna. Engage his eyes in seeing the deities of Krishna, going to seeing the Krishna's temples and seeing Krishna's places of pastime places like Mathura and Vrindavan. He engages sense of touch in worshipping the Lord, bathing the Lord, dressing the Lord, serving the Lord, he engages sense of smell in smelling the fragrance from the of lotus uh, of, of tulsi leaf from the lotus feet of the Lord. He engages tongue in tasting Lord's prasadam. He's en- he engages leg in walking to the holy places and in the temples of the Lord. He engages his head in bowing down in front of the Lord and all his desires in serving the Lord twenty-four hours a day. Indeed, Maharaj Ambrish never desired anything for his own sense gratification. He engaged all his senses in devotional service in various engagement related to the Lord. So this is the way one can engage And finally, Srila Prabhupada makes this point, when a devotee fully surrenders and has no aspiration for material profit, the Lord certainly gives him all the opportunities for service. This is the position of the Lord when conquered by his devotees. Even to serve the Lord, we need the mercy of the Lord. It is not possible to serve the Lord without the mercy of the Lord. 
it's interesting. Uh, I was mentioning uh, this before. Uh, when I got uh, my Brahman initiation, uh, there are devotees who are not able to do services, certain services, and I was given the service uh, to do, uh, which takes just after your Brahman, you can't just go into the altar and serve the Lord, right? So uh, I was uh, telling one of the senior devotees that I got to do this service, uh, and the senior de uh, and senior devotee asked me, "How could you do that service?" Hmm? Usually it takes a long time for someone after Brahman to do that service. And I told him, uh, it is just a coincidence, the person who was going to serve, for some reason couldn't come. And I was standing in front of Achindrupa Mataji and then it just happened that nobody was there and coincidentally I was there and I was allowed to do that service. And then that senior devotee told me, understand there are no coincidences in spiritual life. If you have been able to do some service, it is the mercy of the devotees and the Lord. It is not the coincidence. So we have to understand that uh, Lord certainly gives him opportunities for service. It is the mercy of the Lord. Only by that we can serve the Lord. And so if we have got some service, we should not consider ourselves or should not be proud of doing that service. We should consider ourselves fortunate that Lord has allowed us to serve him. So, Srila uh, Prabhupada finishes this uh, purport by saying, this is the position of the Lord when conquered by his devotees. Hmm? And uh, we can see when we read Krishna book or when we read Bhagavatam, we can see how the Lord, especially in Vraj Vrindavan, is controlled by his devotees and is completely conquered by his devotees. Hmm? So, I'll stop here. If there are any questions or comments, we can take them. Yes, probably. I think the other mic is not working. I'll repeat the question. Why? Sorry? Yeah, so uh, the question is, by the Vedas we, as I mentioned, by the Vedas we cannot understand Krishna, Vedesu Dullabham, Adullabham, Atma Bhakto. So by the Vedas we cannot understand Krishna. But again in Bhagavad Gita it is mentioned, Vedaisha Sarvar Aham Eva 
Vedya Vedanta Krit Veda Veda Eva Chaham. So I'm by the Vedas I am to be known hmm? and I am the knower of Vedas. So Krishna mentions in Bhagavad Gita that. So how can we understand these two contradictory? So yes, we can understand Krishna by under, by knowing the by studying the Vedas, but before even uh, studying the Vedas, we have to be a devotee. Only if you are a devotee, then you can understand the Vedas as it is. And that is why Bhagavad Gita is part of the Vedas, right? It is part of the Purana. So we, we understand that Bhagavad Gita is given as it is. If, and there are so many versions of Bhagavad Gita which are not as it is. So that is why if a person who is not a devotee and tries to understand Bhagavad Gita, he will give something which is not as it is. He will misinterpret the Vedas. So that is why uh, on one hand, yes, by studying the Vedas, Krishna is to be known, but one has to be a devotee. And as it is mentioned in this verse itself, hmm, what kind of devotee can understand or conquer Krishna? You are certainly conquered by the devotees who have control of mind and senses. So first of all, one has to be a devotee, and second, he has to have control of mind and senses, and then he can understand Krishna. Because uh, we can go on this topic forever. Uh, Lord Brahma himself says, one who says that he understands you does not understand you. In his prayers, uh, in, after the Brahma Vimon Leela, he says, I thought I understood you, but sorry Krishna, uh, my mistake. I don't understand you. And one who says that he understands you also does not understand you. So if Lord Brahma, who is the giver of the Vedas, right, he is mentioning this, how can a person who is trying to understand or read Vedas can understand Krishna? Yeah. So yeah, we can go on for uh, the entire class can be on that. Yeah, and sorry, Mata. Yeah. Yes, Mata. Mataji is a Bhakti Vedanta too. <laughs> Me too, Mother. Yeah. I don't know anything. So, what are the, the one thing when you say that Lord Krishna told him that when you go to the Brahmana, you say the name of Brother. Hmm. So, why did you say that? Do you think if he, if he had said to, to say Krishna first? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the question is, uh, why did Krishna told the boys to go and speak the name of Balram, not Krishna first? Because, again, uh, Acharas give uh, two, uh, two reasons why Krishna asked the boys to go and tell Balram's name. Because, first of all, Balram was a Kshatriya. So then the Brahmana, Kshatriya. Yeah? So the Brahmanas, when hearing a Kshatriya has been asked, Kshatriya is asking, they might give something. If they would have asked Krishna, Krishna's caste is not known. It's in a gray area. So they might offend Krishna. So to uh, save the offense, uh, Brahmana's offending Krishna, he said, better not to speak my name because if they offend me, they will never be able to progress in their life. So they said, okay, at least tell Balram's name. There are two reasons. Even if they offend, Balramji is a bit uh, lenient. The offense will not be counted. And the second is, uh, if they hear Kshatriya has asked, because Balramji is Kshatriya has asked, they might give something. There were little bit of chances of giving for Balram. So that is why uh, Krishna said, tell Balram's name, not my name. Uh, th this is uh, in the commentaries of Acharyas. 
Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur mentions this. No problem. Thank you, Mother. Any other questions? Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Thank you all for coming. Yes,